Hello, everyone, and welcome to Digital Journeys. Today, we will follow up with Jim Holman and Anthony Pember on how data can not only benefit institutions, but also help set up students for success. So with that, I turn it over to Jim and Anthony, who are both directors with Cherry Beckert's Digital Advisory Practice. Thank you, Jerry. I'm looking forward to continuing our discussion with Anthony on how data can help students and universities. All right, so there's a couple of concepts that I'm going to kind of loop back in. We've talked about uh, limited capacity with uh, skilled data scientists to be able to put this content together. But we've also talked about data that exists in silos and it's not the most accessible. Uh, we've talked about bridging and bringing in potentially student data to university financial data, uh, which lends itself to the question is, are there other data elements that are going to likely need to be collected by colleges and universities that they're not doing so already? And are there any uh, controversies or concerns about how that data would be collected or retained? Yeah, so I think I think there are um, certainly in terms of data that that's being collected or, or, or should be collected um, or maybe should's the wrong word that potentially could be collected. Um, I think that there are opportunities to improve in the in the student retention, student advising side of the house, um, where we're understanding where a student is in terms of uh, coming into the institution and then and then tracking that student throughout their university career uh, and being able to to understand historically that students came in in a certain with a certain GPA, uh, you know, uh, from a with a certain SAT score, for example, um, and then using that to predict whether or not that student's going to be successful in that career program. I've seen that used quite successfully. I think if you start to augment that information with um, additional tracking uh, of how they're going in their career in an institution so that you can intervene. So for example, if you've got a student who uh, is failing calculus, um, but but is enrolled in an aeronautical engineering program, that's probably a marker that the student's struggling and you might want to intervene. Not necessarily to say pick a different major, but how do we enable that student to be more successful so that they can finally get that degrees, particularly within the timeframe that they need. Um, or if you if you need to intervene and say you know, aeronautical engineering isn't for you because you're struggling with some of the basic uh, core requirements, getting that understanding early so you can switch the student early enough so that they don't have to do a fifth year and they haven't wasted some of their electives uh, on a on a program that they ultimately never be able to achieve. So I think pulling in data like that becomes becomes useful and important. Um, I've seen other institutions start to try and measure. Um, particularly when it comes to student success and student um, support, measure where the students are and what they're doing. So as an example, I've seen institutions implement tracking of student cell phones. Um, much like Disney has an RFID tag that tracks people where they go around the park so they can look at where queues are and and what's, what is attracting um, different, different park uh, 
different uh, customers of the park to different attractions. Universities, are, uh, some universities have looked at tracking student cell phones to be able to tell where they are. Where are they congregating? What what are they, uh, you know, wh where are they at lunchtime? Are they all going to one spot? Um, are they attending their classes? So rather than taking attendance, you can tell that the student turned up because their cell phone was in the classroom at the time that, that the course was being offered. Um, the problem with tracking that sort of information is you're now collecting a large amount of, of PII, sort of privacy concerns associated with that. Uh, and so some students may not like the idea that they're being tracked by the institution, even though it's being done with the best of intentions. Um, and also, as you collect this data, there's a risk of data breach, obviously. So if, if you lose that, if the institution does have some sort of data breach, there's now a significant amount of personally identif identifiable information that can be used uh, for all sorts of potentially nefarious problems. And that brings reputational risk for the institution uh, in, on board as well. Talking about other um, controversies that could exist, um, I would also say research information, uh, particularly research that's of national security importance, uh, is, is becoming probably more and more important to, to protect. And much like if you have a, a data breach with personally identifiable information, you have the same sort of problem with, I think, some of the research information that's out there. So much so that, that many universities don't allow data to be housed offshore, for example, US universities. Uh, and the same goes for, for other institutions. I know, for example, in Australia and the UK, uh, those institutions do not want data stored in other countries because of privacy laws, because of laws in other countries that allow um, intrusion into the data sets potentially. So there's a lot of controversy or potential controversy surrounding uh, research information as well, potentially. Yeah, it certainly is something where our ability to manage and secure data that's collected lags the potential positive outcome of a university fulfilling, uh, better fulfilling their mission, which is student success. And it's my hope that the universities uh, proactively try to determine the best approach on how they can gather, collect, and utilize data that might otherwise be sensitive uh, in such a way to improve the student experience. Yeah, absolutely. One one of the other things that occurred to me while you were just saying that was even with even with the financial information that I was talking about before, for example, there there are controversies associated with that. Now they're not external. Uh, what, what I've been talking a lot about the external controversy, you know, data breach, reputational uh, risk for the institution because you lost personally identifiable information potentially. Uh, I think there are also risks associated with internal risks, um, particularly around financial information. So, for example, um, the concept that there shouldn't be a price put on the education or we shouldn't be looking at margin associated with programs because it shouldn't really matter. The mission of the institution is to deliver students, you know, who are capable of doing X, fill in the blank, depends on the institution. But, you know, because we're losing money on that shouldn't really matter. Um, but in some cases it does matter. And and the reality is that you, you can't fund an institution uh, if you don't, if you've got, if every program you've got is losing money, that to, to some Stick constituents within an institution that is potentially a a, a challenging uh, and and controversial concept, uh, and internally trying to get some of the data driven decision making and the metrics that help drive decisions through data can sometimes be controversial in itself. 
Another example would be student success measures. Uh, you know, if you get 10 people in a room, particularly 10 faculty in a room and say, how do you measure success for the student? You'd probably get 100 different answers on what that success metric should be. Um, that alone, when, when you have that, the, the difficulty in achieving a metric that measures something like student success, um, that just creates controversies internally as well. So it's a different type of controversy, but it's still one that's very real to an institution. That's true. And part of student success is going to be after they graduate. Can you think of some challenges where there is collected information and available data while the student is at university? But after they graduate, take their first job, perhaps second job, what might universities do to be able to keep up with the student to then measure their ongoing success? Yeah, I think that's a that's an ongoing challenge um, that I haven't seen a good answer for, to be quite honest. Um, you know, short of of self-reporting, getting the students to report, um, it's it's very difficult to to tie that information to the student. There there are data sources out there uh, that you can you know, like Bureau of Labor Statistics, for example, and other data sources that have average information on salaries to see how successful a student has been. But but the true mark of success is you know, was that student employable uh, and were they employable at, at the rate that's commensurate with with the with the career that they're looking at? Uh, and the only way to truly measure that is to have that salary information at the student level. Um, now, the ideal way to do that, for example, would be pull the information in from the tax department. You know, I, the tax return says this person earned X amount of dollars um, and they were a student and I can tie their, their real salary to it. But you know, talk about controversy. Imagine if schools were were pulling information from tax returns. Uh, I, I can't imagine that's a, a, a topic that people wouldn't be arguing about for quite some time. Yeah, agreed. Um, ultimately, what would lead students to choose careers might be their ability to earn an income over time. And that would definitely pay it forward to potential new students. But I can definitely see that you are crossing the lines when you start to look at future or post uh, student income postgraduate. Can you potentially see any bleed over effect into some of the controversies we're hearing with regards to student loan and debt forgiveness, where if data was available a little and exposed to the students earlier in their career while they're choosing majors, if they understand the cost of a degree versus the ability to earn an income with that degree. Can you see areas that are very contemporary right now that that might be something that we would discuss? Yeah, it's a, yes, the short answer to that I think is, is yes. I, I think if we were able to provide students with, with a vision of, of their degree stream that they're chasing, the career path that they're chasing, um, and then the average debt load compared to, uh, you know, what the the average earning would be for that student. Um, I think if we were able to to give that in an easily digestible way to the student, it may change the 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 way in which the student thinks about it. Uh, you know, if I think about my kids, for example, they they weren't thinking about that. Um, I was, and I was trying to convince them to, and I still am trying to convince them to say, well, you got to think about the economics long term for you. Uh, you don't want to come out of college with $100,000 of debt 
when you're only going to be earning $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year. I, I saw that in real life when I was working for a, uh, doing some work with a school of social work. Uh, and they had, it was a, it was an, a private school uh, and their degree, the average debt load was close to $40,000 a year. Now the average earning potential for their graduates was, was less than $40,000 a year. Um, and I'm not sure how many of their students were were thinking through that, and and I think if we were able to provide them with an easy an easy way to to see that correlation, um, it may help them uh, do a do a more effective job of picking the right career path based upon earning potential. That being said, the the flip side of that is you know we the universities I think also need to think through ways to become more efficient and effective in the delivery of that education so that you can offer a, a cheaper option, uh, a more cost-effective option uh, for those for those students who do want to go into a career where their earning potential isn't going to cover the the debt load that they inherit as a result of of the education they're receiving. That's true. There's a good portion of uh, students that enter a college university and pick a, a path of study not for the income earning potential. So it's not to say that that's a mandate, but certainly having the information and, and for a student to go in eyes wide open and understand that they're choosing a career path that the ability to pay back student let them, debt they might incur may take quite a while. At least they would have the information. I think there is a uh, an obligation, I think, for uh, higher education to provide that transparency. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very fair. Uh, and I think there are some tools that are out there that, that students can use. I mean, I know I have built using publicly available data in the in the past. I've built a, a tool that shows for different institutions, what's the average uh, what's the average debt that a student graduates with um, and correlate that to uh, earning potential uh, in different careers. And, you know, you can certainly see some outliers where this is a good economic choice and other outliers where you say it's probably not such a good economic choice. Um, but I, I think the the key here is making it easy to do and effective. Uh, and I think the tools that are out there at the moment, I'm not sure a lot of students either have access to them or, or are aware that they even exist to be able to use that as part of their decision-making process. But I think the responsibility lies on both sides of the fence. I think, I think the students need to be more aware of it, but I also think the institutions need to also be thinking through how to make uh, the delivery more cost effective so that in those areas where earning potential is low, they can still offer a good education and a meaningful education without the enormous debt load. Yeah, I think that's well put. Thank you, Anthony, for talking about how data can benefit students and universities. I hope everyone enjoyed this discussion. Thanks, Jim. As usual, I really enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you. Well, a call to action from Cherry Beckert. What we'd like to ask is that if you'd like to learn more about how Cherry Beckert can help your organization, learn more about how your college and university can maximize the benefits that data can bring, please contact us. Thanks again, Jim and Anthony, for your insight today. Be sure to like and share this podcast and tune in again.